Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can come together. We thank you for your presence already here with us. But Lord, I pray that you would come, Holy Spirit, more. We want more of you, Lord. We want to encounter you. We want to know more about your presence for our everyday life, for us now, Lord. Um, So I I welcome you here, Lord. We welcome you here, Lord. We welcome the angelic here. We welcome your presence here. Just come, come, Lord. And we do want you to interrupt us, Lord. Just interrupt us. We want to engage with heaven this morning. So I pray an open heaven over this place. That we would sense your presence in such a deep way that we would have our eyes opened. Open our eyes that we might see, Lord. And change us. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I, um, I've been thinking about this message for a little while and God's been having me on a journey the last few months so just about that um, heaven is for real. And I know there's a movie even out at the moment called Heaven is for Real. And uh, there's a lot of talk if you look in, the, in the, um, some of the movies that are coming out and, and just um, around the world there is a real hunger in people's heart for the supernatural and for heavenly things really, for to be able to not just be down here you know, slothing along, but actually for us to know God and know the supernatural. And there's actually a real longing in all of us, I think, when we start to think about it, to know heaven and know about heaven and what's it like. And sometimes we need a little bit of a a perspective shift about it so that we can go, you know what, there's more than just what we can see. You know, Jesus often would say, he'd say, you know, you're a spirit as well as flesh and blood and, uh, and to be able to see the unseen, and um, that's what I want to talk about this, this morning is God's presence for real life and actually longing for heavenly things, longing for heavenly things. Um, you know, because when Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, um, you know, he walked with God. He actually walked with God and, he, and his spirit was alive and, his, and he had a body, but also his spirit was so alive and he could actually communicate so freely with the Father. And then sin came in and robbed that. But Jesus restored that to us. When he died on the cross and rose again, he, he conquered all that and he, and he removed the separation. And he removed the separation for us to be able to experience a closeness to the Father and a closeness to heavenly things. It actually says in Colossians, and if you've got your Bible with me, with you, I've got it with me, but if you, if you turn with me to Colossians chapter Chapter 3, I've been stuck in this passage for um, months, I think. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind in things above, not on the things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is a life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So it's actually, the Bible is saying, set your mind on heavenly things. Remember that you are actually seated in heavenly places with him. And that's your spirit. It's actually come alive and it's zinging along. 
It's our soul that kind of sloths along, but it's our spirit that's actually alive. And God is saying to us, and I, and I really feel that it's a cry. If you start to listen around the world, there is actually a real move of God and a cry for his people to know heaven and to know heavenly things. And, you know, when, when Jesus died on the cross, he restored that relationship with us that, that we might know God in that closest and we might experience heaven for real. And uh, Jesus became the door for, for us that we might come in. And it's almost like he's a portal for heaven, if you're into science fiction movies. He's like, a, you know, it's like he's a portal and you're able to see heaven because he opens the door for us to do that. Without him, we can't experience heaven, but because of him, we're in him. He says, I'm in you, you're in me, and I'm in heavenly places, and I've seated you in heavenly places as well. And he's like this door for us to be able to experience heaven. You know, the church and the world has made death the entranceway for heaven. We've made almost death our saviour from the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, there we no more tears, all those things. And we've made death our saviour to be able to experience heavenly things. When in actual fact, Jesus said, I am the door, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Come to me and you'll be able to experience heaven now. Heaven on earth now. He says, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we know? what his will is, unless we're engaging with heaven more. So I want to challenge your thinking a little bit this morning that death is not the entrance point to experience heavenly things. Jesus is our door to be able to experience heavenly things. And he wants us to experience now. You know, he says in Hebrews 4 verse 16 that you can come boldly before the throne of grace. You know, we can come boldly into the courts of God. And we can actually experience heavenly things now. And, and God's been blowing my mind a little bit about it because it's like, um, I've, I've actually said to the kids, oh, you know, when they've, children find this easy to grab hold of. And little children, they go, oh, I want to know what heaven's like. And I've actually said to my older kids when they're a little, oh, you have to wait till you get to heaven when you die. And I've had to actually say, Lord, I'm really sorry about that because that's not actually what the word actually says. It says that we can experience heaven now. He says you're seated in heavenly places. You're seated in heavenly places with him. And our spirit knows, it's just our mind needs to be renewed by what the word actually does say. When we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we're actually joined to heaven already. We're actually joined to heaven There is no separation, and we can experience heavenly things now. We're in him, and he is in us, and we live and move and have our being in him. I read that scripture out a couple of weeks ago, and it's like, he wants us to, what's he doing? When we get up in the morning, say, Lord, good morning, what are you doing today? What's happening in heaven today? And that's what that scripture in Colossians 3 is saying, set your mind on heavenly things because then you're going to see heavenly things. You're going to see what God is doing. You're going to see what the angels are up to. Yeah? You're going to see what the angels are up to. Every time when we meet together, there's angels in our midst. Yeah? And little children, they find it really easy to see. I mean, I got told this week there was this little child in our service last week and they said, you know, there's angels here. What are all the angels doing here? Because they can see, because they don't have this mentality of, oh, we, we know, it's for later. Or, oh, yes, that's nice. But they could actually see. And the Lord spoke to me last year and he said, 
You need to learn not to trust so much in your physical eyes, but actually start to see with your spiritual eyes and see the unseen. And I, had this, I was at this conference and this blind man was standing in front of me and I was watching him as, as close as you, know, you are to me. And, he said, and he's turning to his friend and you know, he had a cane and everything. He says, do you see them? Do you see them? And he's laughing and it's such a joy on him. And I was like watching him. He was a bit mesmerizing. And he says, they're all around. There's angels all around me. And, and, you know, and, the, and the Lord said to me right then, he said, you trust too much in your physical eyes. We trust too much on you know, our, our physical, what we can see and touch and feel. And, and here's this man who cannot trust in his physical eyes because they do not work, and yet he was in so much more blessed than anybody else in the room because he was trusting in the, in the spiritual eyes and he can see. And I want that. I want to be able to see heaven and what heaven's doing. And uh, I just want to give you a little shake this morning and go, hey, start to see the unseen. That's what God wants for us, that we might experience heaven. And too often we trust in just what we can see. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. This is Jesus talking. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And I had this revelation of that, of we can actually go in and out of heavenly places with Jesus. He's the door. Look it up, John 10, verse 9. I've read that. That's actually one of my favorite passages of Scripture, John chapter 10. And it says, but I've never noticed it like that before. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out. In and out. And find pasture. And God wants us to know that this morning, that we can actually go in and out of heavenly places. In and out. That we don't have to just experience God down here, but he wants us to, uh, that we can actually see and experience. You know, Revelation is a whole book about John, the disciple, seeing heaven. Daniel, he saw heaven all the time. Ezekiel, all the prophets. Paul, he, he, wrote, he writes, I, I know a man. He, you know, he didn't want to be arrogant. He was talking about himself. I know a man, whether he is in body, whether he is in spirit, I do not know. I don't fully understand, but he saw such wonders in the heavens. This is the Bible. God wants us to experience heaven now. And all through, if you start to look, you'll see in the Word where people actually engaged with heaven. And whether they're in the body, whether they're in their spirit, we don't really understand that. But it's just that Jesus is the door. And he says, you can go in and out. Why are we going in and out? Why are we going in and out to find pasture? Because we're going in and out of heavenly places. He says, your will be done in heaven. How do you know, what is, you know what, what's happening in heaven to be able to bring it to earth? Because you've been up there. You've been up into heavenly places. John saw it. You read the book of Revelation. Daniel, an angel came to him and explained to him the heavenly visions that he'd been seeing. Angels are there to help us. And he is the door and Jesus is our access point for us to enter into heavenly realms. And it's easy. It's easy. It's easy to do that. Just practice enjoying him. Now, I've been trying to explain to the kids, because they've been asking me about heaven lately, and I've been trying to explain, and we actually sat down and watched Narnia, the movie. Has everybody seen Narnia, the movie, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe Story? Yeah? And, uh, and I was watching it, and the, and the Lord was talking to me, and he says, there it is. This, is. this is how you explain. So I want to just show you a clip today so that you can see, it's my best way of being able to explain it, of what it means that Jesus is the door. 
and we can go in and out. Now, this is Lucy, who's the youngest in the cast of, of you know, who, who's in the story, and she is going into the wardrobe. And uh, if you understand, and if you, C.S. Lewis was a Christian, and he understood some of this, that Jesus is the door. You know, there's a tree of life on that door, if you look in the picture. And she goes in, and she goes into another place. And I want you to watch today, because that's actually how easy it is, that Jesus is the door, and he wants us to step it's literally just stepping through by faith into heavenly places. So let's just watch for a minute. Thanks, Ivan. See how easy? Did you see the curtain that was on top of the wardrobe? C.S. Lewis understood what Jesus did. It's like the veil that was torn, taking away the separation between God and man. And it was taken away. And in the wardrobe, Jesus is the door. And if you see the engraving, it's all about the story of that tree and that garden. And so, and she became, and, and that's what it's like. And it's, I've been thinking about that, and it really blessed me just watching it because it's that easy that God just has done it all. And he wants us to just step through. And you can hear sometimes the sound of what's going on in the world. It's like she could hear the counting and she could see the door. But it's just stepping through and all the wonders of a, a new realm and a new dimension. And, and um, little children get it. And so Jesus said, just be like little children. Just be like little children and step through. And, uh, I, I, and he, he understood that man, you know. He understood what it was all about. The veil has been taken away and we can step through the door that is Jesus. And uh, it's easy. We just need to practice it. Practice just enjoy being in his presence, being around Jesus, and he's gonna, he'll take us there. He'll take us into heavenly places. He'll let us see heaven. And uh, I've been doing that the last few months and just experiencing God in such a new dimension. It's kind of just, I feel like, I've been awakened, really, and the scriptures have been opened. I've been able to see all the references to heaven where I thought, oh, yeah, that's for later. And I've been experiencing that where I just can step through. And it is like a portal. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to whoop, you know, and it's, a, it's actually, I feel it like laughs at my noises, but I'm trying to, I try to explain in words what God is doing in the spirit, and it's like a you know, <laughs> it's like a and and being able to spend, and, and that is it. It's as simple as that, as we just step through, enjoy Jesus' presence, say thank you, Jesus, and honour him, and thank him for what he's done, that he took away that veil, that there is no separation, that we can know him, and we can know the wonders of his person. You know, Philippians 4 says that, that I might know him and the wonders of his person more fully, that I might understand what he did and, and rejoice in his resurrection and be able to take part in that. And that's what it's all about, those scriptures, is saying his resurrection is something, we, if we've been buried with him and our sin has been buried and baptism is all about that, that it's all gone, and then we can take part in the resurrection, and the resurrection is the heavenly things. And we can, we're in him, and he's in us, and there's no separation. And the awesome thing about heaven is when you've, you've had people go there before you and they've died, is that there's no separation. You know, my brother was killed in, in 2000 in a plane crash, and before that, heaven was not real. It was like just out there. But when he died, it became something that was so much more real to me, the heavenly places. And it's like, if you really get a hold of this, Sean, my brother, knew Jesus. I know Jesus. He's in him. I'm in him. You know, like, it's a closeness. It's a connection that there is no separation. That we're, You know, it talks about in the Bible that the whole family in heaven and on earth, 
the whole family, that we're, we're a big family and um, too often we've separated to say, you know, Ephesians 3.14 says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We've got this awesome family. And if you read through Revelation, you'll see there's like the elders and there's a crowd of witnesses. And Hebrews 12 talks about that. There's this great cloud of witnesses and there's angelic hosts, thousands of them, tribes of angels. And we're connected into that family. So we're never alone and they're with us. They're with us. They actually love to come and party. They're with us in our midst right now. But we're so used to only seeing with our, am I right down there, with, their, with our physical eyes that we miss the fact that heaven is here right now. And all it is is just stepping through and not being afraid because Jesus has got us. And the Father loves us. And, he's not, you know, and the occult and the new age is stolen from the church because, it, because instead of being, oh, I can, ex- I can experience heavenly things, I can experience just spiritual things, I can experience supernatural things, the, the devil has spoiled it for the church and we've, we've taken the lie, hook, line and sinker. Oh, well, you can't go there. Oh, you don't want to get over here in the excessive. You don't want to get, we'll just stay in the safe. And so we're missing out on the supernatural and the encounters and God and the heavens because we're afraid. We're so afraid that we might mess up. And we've got to understand that we have a loving heavenly father who's going to look after us. So we have this great big family and... uh, and, and God wants us to understand that. He wants us to know that we can engage in heavenly realms, that we can um, know him and know him now and experience heaven now. So I want to challenge your thinking this morning of not just thinking, well, that's for later. Because, you know, if that's all, that, if that's all you want, then that's fine and there's no condemnation in him and he loves us. And, but I, I just want to say that we can, we can know heaven on earth. We actually can know heaven and on earth and know the fullness of what he's done and the fullness of the resurrection. You know, we're citizens of heaven, so we actually belong there. We're citizens of heaven, you know, and, and we have to kick a stinky thinking about who we are. You know, if you hang around South Central for a while, even a couple of weeks, you'll understand that we constantly are reaffirming who you are in Christ. You're not some lowly sinner who's just been saved by grace. Yes, we are saved by grace, but we've had our sin washed away. We've had our unworthiness washed away. We've had our filthy rags washed away, and we are set free. Our salvation, the word sozo in the Greek, means we've been delivered. We've been set free. We've been rescued from anything the enemy would try to do us. We've been healed. From the top of our head to the tip of our toes, inside out, we've been washed whiter than snow, and we are citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. You belong in heaven, and we are already seated there. Your spirit already goes there. When you sleep, your spirit does not sleep. It's zooping around. Did you know that? Your spirit does not sleep. It zoops around all over the place. And, it, and you, know, you know, creative stuff that people receive, you know, songs that people receive and they're like, oh, it's such a heavenly thing. They're going up to heaven, their spirit to receive that and then they get it in the natural. You know, there's songs in heaven, there's creativity in heaven, there's beauty in heaven, there's, there's creative spaces, there's like awesome realms and dimensions that just blow your mind. And God wants us to experience now because you actually belong there. You're seated there already in your spirit, the Bible says. And, uh, 
you know, we've got a place there and it should be normal for us to experience glorious things, normal for us to see angels here. You know, mum tells a story about this lady in Kalgoorlie when we lived there and she was driving along the road and she thought she was just going about her business and anyway, this woman the next day saw her and says, what were you doing yesterday at, tw- at lunchtime? And she goes, oh, I was going to the shops, I think. She goes, but what were all those guys in your car doing? And she says... How did they all fit in there? You've got this little Corolla and there's all these car, young men in your car. You whooping out the windows. You were hooing and their arms are out the window and they're making a racket and you're going down the road. And mum's like, okay. It was angels travelling in the car with her. Yeah, she, they physic, somebody else physically saw and we're so used to just staying in the earthly realm when we've got to open up our eyes and say, Lord, show me the unseen. Show me the unseen that I might see and enter in it by faith and focus. Say, God, show me. Show me the unseen. Be like a little child who just receives it. Children just get it like that. They don't argue. They don't rationalize. They just say, I just want to see heaven. I just want to know Jesus. And, and you know, it's real. St. Columba is a Catholic um, priest and he's, they've sainted him now. And because he did more than three miracles, that's why he's a saint. Um, but um, he went to Iona, and there's actually, and Iona is near Scotland, and uh, there's actually a hill called the Hill of Angels. You know why it's called the Hill of Angels? Because it's documented in history that multitudes of people saw Columba up on this hill praying, and there was a whole host of angels standing around him. So it's actually, you can look it up, St. Columba, Hill of Angels, it'll come up. In Iona, you know, and, and it's like, it's real. It's for real. Heaven is for real. And he wants us to experience that now. And all we've got to do is be like this movie and just step through. Heaven is for real. And God wants us to experience it. Focus on what is, when we focus on the unseen, not as what is seen, um, we're going to see the eternal. Now, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church says, faith in the seen is faith in the inferior. If we only ever have faith in the seen, we're actually cutting ourselves short. It's faith in the inferior because this is all temporal and heaven is eternal. Yeah? Are we doing all right? Yeah? We are all one in him and because of Jesus, heaven and earth have converged. You know, that's what it was like with Adam. Heaven and earth actually converged. You know, the garden, and he was meant to spread the garden everywhere, but he messed up. And that's why our job is to spread heaven everywhere, because that's what Adam's job was. And Jesus recovered that for us, and our job is to go spreading heaven. So God wants us to experience heaven so we can spread it around. You know, Adam, he, he related constantly, in and out, in and out, into heavenly places. And we're supposed to be doing that. There's no separation anymore, and we have an open invitation. Pretend that Jesus has given you a letter and say, here you go. Come on up. And he actually does say that. He says, come up. Come up here anytime you want. You've got an open invitation. So I want to talk to you. um, How do we experience that? How do we actually step into the heavenly realm? So I want you to remember Lucy and how she just stepped through. Remember, as you go out today, that the veil has been removed. Remember that you just have to step through the door, that Jesus is the door. Remember that you can just go into those heavenly places. And she could look behind and see, 
see the physical realm, but she could step into the heavenly places, step into a new realm as well. And uh, so how do, we, how do we do this? Well, number one is by faith and focus. I've got five points that I'm going to go through. Faith and focus is by faith, believing in what we cannot see and uh, knowing that we belong there. It's actually having a mindset change and say, you know, you actually are a citizen of heaven and you belong there and this, you have access. And if the devil comes and tries to say to you or your own issues, you know, of your own little self-awareness come up and go, well, I'm, you know, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did on the weekend. You know what? If you come to Jesus, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And that's all you've got to do. Don't let heaven be stolen from you. You say, Jesus, just I thank you that you forgive me. I just come. I want to know you more. I want to experience heavenly things. Just come and wash me clean by the blood of Jesus. You know, he is our advocate and he'll wash you clean. And it's like, don't let it be stolen from you that you're able to actually go and experience God in a deeper, richer way. Attach yourself to heavenly things. Colossians says, set your mind on heavenly things. Set your mind upon heavenly things. You know, what your eye focuses on, that's what will multiply in your life. What are you focusing on? What your mind is looking at and thinking about and focusing about, that's what's actually going to draw into your life. You know, faith is like that. It's like this, this rope that you've got and you throw it out and it's got a hook on the end and you're expecting that, that that's, you're putting your faith to draw into your life what you're throwing, throwing out this line for. That's what faith is like. So if you're expecting that I'm going to experience God in a deeper way. I'm going to know his presence more. I'm going to go to heavenly places. And you're throwing out that line and then you focus on that and you draw that into your life. That's what's going to come. If we're focusing on, oh, I've, I messed up. Oh, I've just, you know, I'm unworthy. Oh, God, how can you love me? That's all that rubbish. You're going to keep on reaffirming that in your life. Oh, you don't know what's happened in the past. I've been disappointed. God disappointed me. Just go, you know what? I've got to let that go. It says, let go of those things and run the race. The sin that so easily entangles us and run the race. And God has a race, I tell you what. He has a race for us and there is something going on in the world where, you know, this, this, this stuff has been happening since Jesus went back. It's been happening. You read through the New Testament, it's been happening. You read through the desert fathers and the, the saints and the priests of old. You know, there's a, a, a nun called Teresa of Avila. And she actually would float. She would come off, come off the ground and float. And, um, yep. And, and, and she would come off the ground and float and her other nuns would have to hold her down. It's documented. Teresa of Ever, look it up. You know, and the monks, they were known for it. You know, they'd get up in the monasteries and they would have these ecstasies of God and they would go into these, these places with God and the trances. And, you know, Daniel, he had sat and, and he, it took him seven days to recover because he'd been up in the heavenly realms. This is Bible. Religion has just stolen it from us. Yeah? God wants us to come up. And I don't know whether it happens. I go through a shopping centre sometimes and I literally feel like I'm going to come off the ground. I'm like, God, what are you doing? But it's good. It's fun. 
I feel this pulling all the time to heaven because you know what I do? I focus there. I'm like, I'm constantly going, God, I want to know you more. I want to go in those heavenly places. I want to experience you more. And then, and then I focus my attention on him. I say, Lord, I thank you that I'm in you and you're in me. And I keep on, and I say that as I'm walking around, thank you that I'm in you and you're in me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm in you, that I'm in you. Whoa, there it comes. And that's as simple as it is because you're just focusing of who you are. Who are you? Have you mentally relocated yourself to know who you are in Christ? Where is your mental location? Because remember we talked about your self-awareness and what your, what your self-talk is? That's so important because it engages with our spirit. Our spirit is zooping around all the time, but our mental and our emotion stuff gets in the way and we need to be renewed in our mind and in our emotions to be actually come in line with our spirit. And so you focus and you put your faith and say, God, I want to experience heaven and I want to experience you. And you focus your attention on him. That's what it means in Colossians 3. Set your mind on heavenly things where you are seated and your body catches up. Yeah? Have I still, he's still with me. (laughs) Jesus is the door. He's the access point, number two. So by faith and focus, we enter into the presence of God in these things. Jesus, number two, is the door. He is the access point to heaven. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life and everything is in him. John 10, 10 says that I have come to give you fullness and abundant, overflowing, exuberant Yahoo life. He wants you to rip, roar through life. I tell you what, he does not want you to putt along. I've got nothing against mopeds, but you know, they go slow. (laughs) He wants you to rip, roar through life on his Harley Davidson. What's a better bike than a Harley Davidson? Something, huh? Harley Davidson's good. It makes a noise. It's got grunt. Yeah? And he wants us to know who we are and to know that we are citizens of heaven, that we can know his glory, that we can understand the angelic. You know, we've been taught don't talk to angels. Once in the scripture it says that, and we are not to worship angels. They are, they are to help us. They're ministers to help us. But all through scripture, angels were talking to people. All through scripture, time and time. Go through and have a look. Go through and have a look. Angel, 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 talking to man. Yeah, Joseph had an angel appear to him. Mary had an angel. Zachariah had an angel. He didn't believe and so he didn't talk for a few months. Yeah, Angels, you know, like when Peter was in jail, an angel, they thought an angel had come to the door. When, when, when the servant opened the door and they're all praying for Peter because he'd been put in jail in Acts, and, an, and they said, oh, it must be his angel because they're used to that. Yeah? And in a church history will kind of, you know, all the theologians can try, if they don't believe in this stuff, they'll try and theologicalize it out of, out of Scripture. And I've done Bible college, so I know. <laughs> it's like, and, and we've got to look at the Word and look of it for what it is actually saying with our blinkers off to know that we are in Him and He is in us and He wants us to experience heaven for real now. And if you want God's presence more, just let Jesus be the door. He's already there. Open invitation. Say, Lord, I want to know you more. And go in. Go in. And, you know, you've got to come back out again every now and then. But you can go in. And uh, so Jesus is the door. Understand the culture of heaven is honour and value. 
So honour heavenly things. Honour Jesus. Value him for what he's done for us. Value him that the, the veil has been taken away. Value him that he has washed away our sin. Yeah? All of creation is actually crying out for us to get this. There are so many people that are searching to understand heavenly things. They want to understand that there is a bigger God out there. And they're searching, and the enemy, he's out there trying to deceive everybody. We've got to get this, that it's for now. That there is a supernatural, life-changing God who wants us to operate in that heavenly realm. So honour and esteem him for who he is and who you are in him. Heaven is a culture of honour. You know, Zechariah 3 verse 6 says, Then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my ways and if you keep my commands, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts. It's in Zechariah that we can actually operate in the courts of heaven. What are his ways? He says, If you operate in my ways, what's the greatest thing that Jesus said to do? What's the greatest commandment? Love God and love others. So if we operate in love, that is the culture of heaven. If we want to set our minds on things of heaven, then operate in the things of love. And when you don't feel like you've got enough love for that situation, just ask God to, you know, as I talked a couple of weeks ago about, when you, when you don't have it, say, God, I don't have it, but I know that I'm in you and you're in me, so I have everything I need. Yeah? So honour the things of heaven. Number three is thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. So if you want to come into God's presence, you want to step through that door, then come with thanksgiving. See, it's all there. We've just kind of filtered it. Oh, you know, this means that. When you think about God wants you to experience heaven, start to look through the word. It actually says, come into his presence with thanksgiving. And Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Look it up. 100 verse 4, Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. God actually wants you to come. Yeah? Prosper your soul. Do things that bring you joy. When you are joyful, it connects you with heaven because heaven is a place of joy. You know, so that's what I do is when I'm, you know, because stuff happens, doesn't it? And we can get a little bit weighed down and we can get tired. And, you know, I know what it's like to be tired. And, and then we can just, you know, feel bleh. And when we prosper our soul and we just turn to God and say, God, I just thank you. Take some time out with him. We're so busy. What is your saying, Mum? If the devil can't get you sinning, he'll get you running around. Hurry, flurry, and worry. Hurry, flurry, worry, and scurry. Yeah, hurry, flurry, worry, and scurry. They're little demons. You know, <laughs> he'll, get it. he'll get us busy so that we can't stop. Prosper your soul. What is it that you love to do? Yeah? Is it going out for a cup of coffee? Is it walking through a garden? Prosper your soul because when you prosper your soul, you know, our spirit is already zinging, but our soul needs to come in line. So take the time to prosper your soul, and then you start to thank the Lord, and straight away you engage with heaven. Yeah? You know, in Chariots of Fire, there's a famous line that says, when I run, I feel God's presence. 
When I run, I feel God's presence. What is it that does it for you? What is it that draws you close to God? Do that more often. Do that more often because then you're going to engage with heaven. And especially if you get this understanding that Jesus is a door, just walk through. Number four is let go of the things of earth. Colossians 3 says, set your mind on heavenly things. So have you relocated yourself? You're a citizen of heaven. And too often we get bogged down with the earthly things. Now, I know we've got to work. I know we've got responsibilities. But that is just, you know, if we strive for that is all it's about, that's what existence we're going to have. You know, when you, when you put God first, your time is multiplied to you. If you've only had four hours sleep and you spend time with God, I tell you what, if you put him first, he'll multiply back to you your energy. I've put that into practice with six kids and most of them did not sleep ever for the first three years. So... I've actually, last year was the first year I'd had a full night's sleep for 22 years, like with less than three interruptions through the night. So I know what it's like to be tired. And, uh, but if you take the time, and some, you know, he knows, he leads us gently when we've got little ones, he leads us gently. And it's like, just give the time to him and say, Lord, I just want to spend time with you. I want to engage with heaven and focus on him. Then uh, let go of all the worries. You know, the washing's always going to be there. The bills are already going to be there. The backyard, lawn mowing. It's always going to be there. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> put, your, put Jesus first and let go of the earth. You know, it's like a weight on us. And he's saying, come up, come up, come on, come up. Now, that's no excuse for being tardy with the lawn mowing men, but put Jesus first and he'll multiply it back and you'll get through that lawn mowing faster, ladies. Um. If you focus upon him, engage your heart and minds towards heaven and you're turning your affection towards him, um, suddenly heaven converges on us. A door opens. He's always there. We just get distracted. And um, there are places and things in God that he's desperately wanting to show us. And so I really want to encourage you to open up. Just open up the spaces in your heart and say, God, I want to know you. I want to experience your presence, you know. And he interrupts us. Like this morning, he loves interrupting us. You know, we were overwhelmed with his joy. John 10.10 10 says that you would have overflowing, joyful, abundant life. And, he, and when we make room for him and we say, God, just interrupt. Just interrupt us today. That's what happens as he does. He comes, when we come closer to him and seek him with all our hearts, that's what he does. Lastly, don't be afraid. You know, the loving, he's a loving father who looks after us. Pursue him with all diligence. Pursue him. Pursue the things of God. Pursue. Stir up the things that God has put you in you already and pursue him. Be hungry for him. Thirst after him. And I tell you what, you won't be sorry because heaven is waiting for all of us to experience in a deeper way. And he so desires that for us. Jesus went to the cross for us. Remember the clip. Go home and watch it again. Put in Lucy going through the wardrobe and there's a whole heap of them. People have even put it to music. Yeah, but it, that's us. And C.S. Lewis, who wrote that book, he understood the spirit realm and he understood that that veil has been taken away, that Jesus is the door and we can step through, step through that door and experience heaven for real now. Have an awesome week doing that.
Come and tell me what God's and you have been up to, what you've seen, because I expect that you will see things. I expect, you know, Jesus started very gently with him because I was totally freaked out. I went to this meeting and I'd, I hadn't really, I'd heard it, but I hadn't heard it and I got it. I got this revelation and I'm standing there and, and the Lord's going, come on up, come on up. And I could physically feel being pulled. And I was like, whoa, what the heck? Could I really do that? Yes, because I'm a citizen of heaven and I'm already seated in heavenly places. I'm in him, he's in me. Of course I can do that. And I tell you, it's, it's like a portal. Yeah? And it's fun. And, and the burdens lift off and the tiredness lifts off. And when you've been in heavenly places, you get this energy burst. You can go without having to eat and sleep far beyond what you, you would expect. <laughs> Yeah? Let's pray together. Lord, we just want to choose to live out of the reality of heaven, Lord. And uh, so I pray that the words I've spoken, Lord, that you would give us understanding. And Lord, show us from your word more deeply as we search you out, as we seek you with all diligence. Lord, I pray that we would engage with heaven more. Lord, that we would, the convergence that is from heaven to earth would just be accelerated in our lives, Lord, that we would know you more fully. Lord, I pray that you would answer our questions. But Lord, more than that, I pray that we would all experience heaven as we step through. Lord, thank you that you stretch out your hand and take our hand and lead us, that you're like that lamppost, that you're the light. So Lord, this week, that the words I've pray, um, spoken, Lord, would just settle in our hearts and minds and bear fruit, that we would know you more. I pray open, just open up, just that we would open up to you, open up the gates of our lives to you, Lord. Open up the doors that we might step through. Pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.